It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Welcome in on this uh, Monday, everybody. Nice to have you with us. Big sports weekend, uh, as it always is. This time of year around Pirate Nation. The uh, Final Four is set. Uh, And, you know, there's a lot of those out there who say, well, nobody's going to watch this because there's no name brands in it. And that that is true. There are not really any name brands. I guess UConn is as name brandy as you can be. I mean, probably of those with multiple championships. They're not up there with the Blue Bloods, but they do have four national titles. And then there's a, uh, I think there's the thinking that Miami's been really, really good. They kind of, you know, climbed a ladder and got over a a hump, all the the, uh, cliches that you care to use. And then, uh, obviously, I think what has been done here, San Diego State kind of is a, a mini Miami in that they've been a really good team over the last few years, and they've got a coach who's a little older. Granted, started later in his coaching career than as a head coach than Larinaga did. Larinaga's been a head coach for quite a while. In fact, it was the anniversary. It was yesterday in 2006 is when George Mason, coached by Jim Larinaga, uh, was uh, knocking off UConn in Washington, D.C., to go to the Final Four that year. We all remember that. And, uh, you know, then you've got uh, Florida Atlantic. Now, the bad news is, well, let me, let me, I'll, I'll get Cookie in here. We say hello to uh, the one and only Chris Cook Woo! producing the show today. Cookie had a big time in uh, Williamston, his hometown, on Friday. Oh, yes, sir. What, uh, your parents went, I understand. Yes, Your whole my, family went. My well, parents and my aunt all went, yes. See, I told you. It was a big deal to them, wasn't it, Cookie? Oh, yeah. Shout out to okay. Shaw's Barbecue for the free sausage dogs. Whoa, all right. What'd you eat, Cookie? I had two sausage dogs and, like, four of these. They had, like, mini meatballs or something. Uh-huh. And then uh-huh. they were fire. You took them with you or you ate all this? Oh, no, I ate them all there. Wow. Cookie, where are you putting all this? Because you're... I, I got a little junk in the trunk, you know. <laughs> I don't know about that, Cookie. I don't know about that. I put but on I'll a little holiday weight. Is that right? Yeah. Well. Um. Well, anyway, do you want the good news or the bad news first, Cookie? What, which would you like to have? Uh, I, I feel like it's just universal to say hit us with the good news first. Well, the good news is. Florida Atlantic, if they could somehow hold their roster intact and still have their head coach, are going to be really good next year. They're going to be in the American, coming off a Final Four appearance. Right, that's, okay. That's good for the American. I picked him in my bracket. You Well, we're going to get to that, if time allows. Okay. Uh, so that's good news, I think. I think it's great news. Raises the profile of 
the American, maybe not to the fact that Houston might have. I mean, the Houston loss is, is a big loss, but it is a team that's in the Final Four that's going to be in the conference next year. Likely playing in Greenville next year, Florida Atlantic. Um, the bad news is we talk about that unit money. In other words, Houston wins in the tournament or Memphis wins in the tournament or whoever out of the American wins in the tournament. That's good for the American. That's good for East Carolina ultimately because that money goes to the league and it's divvied up and goes to the schools. And that's good because that's, that's money. And money's a good thing when you're in college athletics, as we know. The unfortunate part is all of this money and the units which are paid out in a scale over the next few years are going to be going to Conference USA because that's where currently FAU plays. So there is that. But the good news is they'll bring that exposure next year to the American. We're going to talk to the commissioner of the American about it tomorrow. In fact, uh, usually on a day where I have television, I really can't do a radio show. Uh, it takes, we have to move a lot of parts for me to be able to do a radio show. Well, we've moved some of those parts. So tomorrow, uh, I will be out at the stadium doing the show and we'll talk to Commissioner Oresco tomorrow and, uh, lots of things to get with him about. So that's tomorrow's program. Uh, today we'll hear from Cliff Godwin in a little bit. Cliff Godwin's going to be on the Inside the ECU Athletics Coaches Show coming up. This evening at 6 o'clock from Logan's Roadhouse. Uh, that will be live. And uh, some Pirate Baseball players will be there with uh, Coach Godwin. Uh, Garrett Saylor will be there. Justin Wilcoxon, Josh Moylan, Riley Johnson will also be there. Uh, we have learned uh, through Cliff Godwin uh, talking to us earlier that Saylor's going to be out for a little bit with uh, an injury, suffered uh, the other night in uh, the game at Campbell, so he will be out for a couple of uh, a couple weeks. But uh, we'll, we'll let you hear that when we air part of that Cliff Godwin interview coming up. But uh, you'll get more from the coach later on at 6 today on uh, 94.3, the game inside Pirate Athletics, the radio show. All right. Uh, I do think this. I think Creighton should be in. It was a foul at the end, but they had let San Diego State, who's very physical defensively, they let San Diego State beat the hell out of Creighton on the perimeter all game. And that's fine if that's how they're going to officiate it. But you can't officiate a game where you've let the team, one team just beat the bejesus out of the other team on the perimeter the entire night and then call a touch foul whether you you wait to see if it goes in or not. And look, a lot of ACC heads were really, media I mean, really uh, riled up because they know how bad some of these officials have been that have officiated in the ACC that were on that game last night. It was a foul, yeah. But you have not called that with any consistency or continuity the whole game. And when a guy doesn't make a jumper, on the move 
in which, let's face it, the hand check probably had no effect on him whatsoever, despite what you were sold by CBS. Uh, it's uh, it, it just that that to me smacked of the ref show, hashtag ref show. That's all we were getting at the end of that game. Fine if you're going to let them be that physical on the perimeter, and that's what they've really done this whole tournament. They've let teams just, I mean, it's, it's football. It's hand-to-hand combat out there. But then you can't get down to the last two minutes and officiate the game differently. That's the thing that just, that makes fans sick, but it dry, it makes coaches even sicker, and it, it just frustrates players, and it's the reason these fan, these, these officials get such a bad rap. Just be consistent with how you're officiating things and officiating the game. Uh, obviously, UConn, I think, is the favorite. They just look fantastic. Just fantastic. Uh, I mean, beat Gonzaga. This isn't vintage Gonzaga, but they are still Gonzaga, and they got drummed, uh, drummed, or drubbed, as it may be. And uh, I do like Miami. I've liked Miami this whole time. I've let other people, cook me, Cookie, talk me out of picking Miami this entire time. So you didn't pick them in our uh, office Bracket. No, oh, okay. no. In fact, uh, in our for entertainment purposes only office bracket uh, bracket, Bragan writes. Um, it's Kelly that's leading, isn't it, by a healthy margin? Yeah, we, me and her, we we're actually the only ones to pick uh, FAU to the Final Four. So I'll plug I myself a little bit. Yeah, that's the only one you got right. right yeah. Was that? Hey, I still got the total point scored prediction coming up. Maybe I'll get that. I, I don't know how that works, and I don't think it works like that. Uh, Dom got one right. He predicted UConn, right? Yep. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Let's see here. How did uh, the ref do? I'm I'm looking. The big hit got Miami. Okay, there you go. There's a wise pick on his part. He I had a rough start. Miami. He had a really rough start. I got UConn. See, I let somebody talk me into Houston. I let, now, I had Miami losing to Texas because I really thought Texas was going to get through. Uh, but I let uh, somebody talk me into Houston. So it wouldn't have mattered anyway. I would not have gotten that one right. Uh, the ref got none right. <laughs> he had uh, Alabama, Tennessee, Texas, and UCLA. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! He did on those picks. He did on those picks. Undoubtedly so. Not good for our entertainment purposes uh, only. Yep. Hate to see it. You do, don't you? You sure do. Uh, Let's see. um, Hang on here. Uh couple of news and notes to get to here beyond uh, this. Of course, we're going to hear from Coach Houston coming up and uh, some of the football players following the scrimmage on Saturday. Of course, spring game, I think, is less than two weeks away. Uh, Justin Wright played at Farmville and then was at North Carolina Central, was their leading scorer, one of the top scorers the last couple of years in the uh, MEAC has committed to Loyola Marymount. So he's going to Los Angeles. That's a little bit of uh, kind of, uh, you know, breaking news in a sense. Kind of interesting. 
Caleb Love has entered the transfer portal. And uh, that has a lot of people in Chapel Hill feeling pretty good about it. They'd love to see it. My guy Ben Swain tweeting he'd love to see him go to Virginia. That would be something if he went there. don't think that's where he's transferring, but it would be. So we'll find out where uh, Caleb Love, show your love for Caleb Love, where he'll be going. Um, but Justin Wright, leaving the East Coast and going to the West Coast. Uh, Rodney Terry has agreed to a five-year contract to become Texas's full-time coach, so there will not be any kind of major coaching search there. He did go 22-8 and eight after he took over as the interim head coach, and he did get Texas to the Elite Eight, and that thing could have gone sideways. I don't think long-term this will work out, but uh, I'm at least happy they're going to give Rodney Terry a shot. And he's you know got a, got a deal, got a contract, so... If it doesn't work out, he'll be taken care of and paid pretty well. Uh, I see where the Cowboys are leaving the door for a possible Ezekiel Elliott return open. Uh, I don't think that's going to be the case. And uh, do you have anything, Cookie, anything that I'm missing here, anything that we uh, Le- need to bring up? Lamar Jackson uh, went on social media and announced that he asked the Ravens for a trade back on the 2nd of this month. Well, yeah. Okay. No deal? No dice? No deal. It sounds like they haven't even responded to him yet. Has he got an agent yet other than the guy from Florida who I think was posing as his agent? I don't think he was any connection to Lamar Jackson. I think he was just some nut from Florida because he made the Florida man. No, I haven't haven't heard anything about him getting anybody. Yeah. His mom's handling it. All right, uh, we're going to give away a family four-pack of tickets to tomorrow night's baseball game, and we're going to give away a uh, Chico's Mexican Restaurant gift card. If you have won in the last 30 days, you are not eligible to win. Shouldn't have to say that. Those are kind of radio rules of prizes, but... But just so we're clear. If you've won in the last 30 days, anything from the station or any of the IBX stations, you're not eligible to win. If you've not, this is your chance to dial and get four tickets to the game tomorrow night. ECU hosting UNC Wonderful. 252-561-GAME, 252-561-4263. We'll have our Inside the ECU Clubhouse segment with Coach Godwin when we get back. And we'll uh, talk to him about the sensational play this weekend. But your chance to win tickets to see the Pirates this, uh, tomorrow. Family four-pack will be yours if you're caller seven. At 252-561-GAME, 252-561-4263. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. All right, uh, Alan in Greenville, our winner of the family four-pack of tickets. Hello to you, too, Alan, and uh, we will uh, get those to where you can pick them up tomorrow. You also get a Chico's Mexican Restaurant gift card. So uh, the game tomorrow at 6 o'clock will be on the air at 545, and uh, we'll be doing Patrick Johnson show uh, from the stadium, and it will be at uh, 5 o'clock right here tomorrow afternoon, and uh, Mike Oresco will be our guest right now. Uh, part of our Inside the ECU Clubhouse with Coach Cliff Godwin uh, segment and uh, a wide-ranging interview. It's posted uh, mid-mornings on Monday 
at 943thegame.com. You'll see it right there on the page where you can catch it on the podcast. So we encourage you to uh, hop on and listen to that every uh, Monday for the very latest in Pirate Baseball. There's uh, some uh, some news in this one, some breaking news in this one. And uh, we started as we uh, pick up this conversation asking uh, Coach Godwin about, he said the players are selfless. But I said, uh, you know, these guys that have come off the bench have all been productive, uh, not only in the field, but at the plate. And they have uh, seemed like they've been prepared and earned their roles, Coach. Sure have. I mean, you look at a guy like Nate Christman, um, who is uh, a really good base runner and a good defender. Um, you know, Shot gets on base late in innings. We can pinch run Nate and know that he's going to go out there and have a good option to steal the base or just put a lot of pressure on the defense. And then also go play shortstop at a high level. Um, you know, whoever's in the outfield and JC's dealing with a little bit of a quad, uh, issue that's just been lingering. Uh, we can put guys out there that make us really good defensively in the outfield when we have a lead. You know, when Hoover, Riley Johnson, and Carr Cunningham are out there, then we're really good defensively in the outfield. So, uh, a lot of guys that have a lot of different, uh, abilities and you try to put those guys in the best situations to have success as coaches and, um, they, they're really playing well as a team right now, which as a coach, that's all you can ask for. Coach, uh, Lane Hoover, and, and he talked about as much, uh, some, some things that he's dealing with, with, uh, his, his family, but, uh, to hit that home run and the way that he is playing for you right now, uh, again, you, you said it. I mean, here's someone who just signifies what a pirate baseball player is all about. He, he does. And when he wasn't playing well early, it wasn't because he was, you know, not working hard, not trying. He was trying too hard because he cares about this place so much. But a really special moment on Friday, you know, uh, as coaches, man, you know, a lot of times you got to make really hard decisions and um, it pulls on your heartstrings. But I thought uh, going into Friday facing a lefty that our best lineup was with Cunningham and left and Riley playing center and, and JC and right. Well, his mom had texted me. Friday morning that Lane's grandfather wasn't doing well. So just all that stuff that goes into it. And Hoover and I had a conversation and um, talked about his grandfather. And he knew his grandfather was going to a better place because he's a man of faith. And actually his grandfather passed away during the game on yeah. Friday yeah. before he actually hit the home run. But Hoover's post game, he didn't know about it. So um, he knew he was sick, um, but it's just so special. And I definitely think, uh, the big man up top had a little hand in that moment. And if you're not a believer, man, when you have moments like that in sports, it's, uh, it's, it's too good to be true, so to speak. And, and who's actually back home today, um, spending some time with his family. He'll come back, um, Tuesday to be here for the game. And then actually the funeral services are on Wednesday. So then he'll drive back home on Wednesday to do that before we leave to go to Houston. Wow. Uh, Coach Cliff Godwin is, is with us. Now, you know, you, you said it, coach, and I was thinking the same thing. If you don't believe, uh, in, in some of those things, I, I, I mean, that you can't write these scripts sometimes, right? It's, it's. No, you can't. You sure can't. Uh, Ryan McChrystal with, uh, I mean, just swinging an amazing, uh, bat for you. Uh, he's, he's such a, a personality too. And he got you off to the good start with the home run on Saturday. He did. Yeah. Ryan's a really good player. And, and like I said, a, a lot, um, we're just trying to manage his workload because we just don't let back 
injuries to flare up because obviously he's very talented. We want to be able to use him this year, and, and I appreciate him wanting to play. You know, it was his decision. Uh, the doctor told him um, that he couldn't make it worse. You just got to manage, you know, the pain and, and make sure that you're taking care of yourself and not taking as many swings in practice. And, you know, we're having to limit him a lot in practice uh just because we don't want that back to flare up. So he's actually not getting as many swings as he probably would like, but that allows him to play in games for us. I don't know if you know that this is the home run portion of the conversation, Coach. I don't know if you know this, but uh, Amax Homer landed in the Tar River. That is, uh, I have that. Henry Hinton told me, so you know if Henry told me it's true. So that's exactly, yeah. yeah. If Henry said it, it's 100% accurate. <laughs> but my gosh, he, he unloaded on that one. He did, and, and Amax had been struggling left-handed, and we had watched some video uh, after the Campbell game, and, you know, it's amazing. Uh, sometimes when the adrenaline gets going, you really don't know how your body's moving. And he uh, watched it with me, and I said, hey, man, look, this thing going to be very successful if we keep doing this. And he goes, Coach, I had no idea. And so that's what coaches do, man. You, you see something, you bring them in, you talk to them about it, and then, you know, Amax um, made an adjustment, and, uh, didn't overswing and hit a ball a mile. So um, <laughs> that's really the key for him is when he's trying to do too much, his stride gets long and, you know, he steps towards first base, and that's just not conducive to be successful against the pitching we're facing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the other two homers I wanted to ask you about, and, of course, JJC hit one as well, but uh, the Barini going oppo, it got some legs and carried out. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't like a wind-dated home run by any means, but it was, not a wind blowing in from, from left field. So he hit it. I knew he hit it good. I knew it was going to be at least a double, and he really stayed inside of it. So he just backspun it right on out of here. So uh, Joey's done a great job for us. Uh, just so proud of him, a guy that, you know, came in to our program and is a recruited walk-on. We told him we'd give him an opportunity to play, and he's made the most of his uh, opportunities. And then uh, Moylan's home run, he he, he, hit, he showed a lot of fire after he crossed home plate. He was he was fired up about that. Well, I mean, look, the guy had to sit for two games, and uh, I don't necessarily agree with what happened, but, you know, umpires have the power, and they get to, to make decisions, and, you know, it is what it is. I mean, it wasn't fun for me to sit a game or Josh to sit two, and we learned from it, but... At the end of the day, uh, I'm sure he had some build-up emotion in there for having to sit and watch it uh, in the team room instead of being out there with his teammates. Coach, uh, as far as the uh, game against Wilmington tomorrow, obviously uh, played them here in the last couple of weeks. Always tough whenever the Seahawks and Pirates get together. Yeah, we uh, you know, play them every year, home and, home and away, and uh, they're a really good program. and. Um, they beat us down there. Uh, I didn't think we played well um, in really all three phases of the game, uh, in my opinion. So we need to play better tomorrow night, and uh, I think our guys will be ready to go. And then as far as uh, you mentioned uh, the Houston trip, you all leave Thursday for uh, H-Town Conference uh, opening series on the road against the uh, Cougars. Uh, you also have alluded to right now that uh, team seems to be playing pretty well. You have to be pleased with – uh, kind of where you guys are going into conference play. It, it, it seems like uh, a lot of areas you're firing on all cylinders. Patrick, you can't be 19 and 5 and not have played some good baseball with the schedule that we played. So, uh, 
yeah, I'm pleased where we are. I want our guys to stay hungry and be excited to play. Um, the only times we have not played up to the standard that we have set here is when I feel like our guys are not as engaged and I, I call it the glazed overlook uh-huh. versus the, the excitement look of, hey, man, we get to play baseball today. And Normally I can tell you after we take batting practice on the field if we're going to be ready to go today. We've won some games when we haven't been ready to go, in my opinion, position player-wise. But um, when those guys are, you know, flying around the field, laying out in BP and, and, and just really executing our batting practice, then I feel really good about whoever we're playing. Absolutely. One other thing I wanted to ask you before we let you go, and we appreciate the time as always. Um, you know, you've you've gotten some great weekend uh, outings from from your starters, and you alluded to this a little bit yesterday uh, in in the post game. Uh, but the the guys in the bullpen kind of being ready whenever their number is called. Uh, the, look, the practices you guys engage in are as uh, as as, as uh, they're tougher than the games. Let's just say that. Uh, so let's, you know, as far as having those guys ready, uh, could you just comment to that a little bit and just in what you guys are doing, uh, you and Austin Knight and everybody, to, to make sure that those uh, relievers are, are ready to go. And I also thought, by the way, the guys that came in in relief uh, Friday and Saturday came in and were, were hitting the strike zone, throwing strikes. They were attacking. So uh, could you just speak to that, please, Cliff? Yes, I mean, look, our starting pitching has uh, been great, and they've been going deep in the game, so it's not as many opportunities, of course, as, as there was last year. But, you know, Willie Lumpkin missed some time because of arm soreness. Now he's back. Uh, Landon Ginn missed some time for the NCAA stuff. Now he's back, but Saylor is going to miss some time. So he's going to be out for at least a couple more weeks with, you know, an oblique rib kind of thing he's dealing with. So, it gives the other guys opportunity to step up, and that's what a great team does is they don't skip a beat when, you know, a guy goes down for a certain amount of time. So uh, there will be opportunities, and, no, I don't have the crystal ball where I can say, hey, you're going to be able to pitch tomorrow in the right. ninth inning. Or, you know, the game of baseball doesn't work that way, but uh, we just need our guys to continue to work on their craft and um, when they get the opportunity to be ready to go. Well, and, and tomorrow seems like one of those games that will probably present some of those opportunities, I would imagine, right? Yep, they sure will. You know, uh, we're not exactly sure who we're going to start yet, but I'll tell you who it's not going to be. It's not going to be Garrett Saylor. So, uh, right. you can, hey, figure the rest out. But Coach Knight and I'll talk this morning and we'll figure out, uh, who's going to get the ball here in a few hours. Hey, Coach, always great to talk to you. We appreciate the time very much. Thanks, Patrick. Appreciate it. Cliff Godwin, and again, you can hear uh, that in its entirety, 94.3thegame.com, and more from Coach Godwin coming up with Inside Pirate Athletics, the radio show, coming up from Logan's Roadhouse at the top of the hour. Uh, it has since been announced that it will indeed be Jake Hunter, the right-hander, going for the Pirates of so the junior, uh, one and one with a 2.92 ERA. Uh, will be opposed by uh, Righty Jr. for UNC Wilmington. Ryan uh, Calvert, who has been a bullpen guy for them. In fact, he's only pitched four and a third innings. So uh, that will be uh, the the layout of uh, how things will go tomorrow, uh, starting pitching at least, and uh, most certainly will be a bullpen game uh, tomorrow for both uh, these sides, uh, ECU and UNCW. All right, a uh, update here from the one and only Chris Cook. That's, uh, has a little bit of what's going on 
uh, in Pirate Nation and beyond. And we've got uh, that for you right here. And when we come back, we'll have our uh, Pirate Report, tell you about the uh, scrimmage this weekend for East Carolina in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. But right now, Chris Cook with a 94-3 The Game Sports Update. The 10th-ranked Pirates completed a series sweep of George Mason by a 5-0 score at Lewis Field inside Clark LeClaire Stadium. The contest was called in the middle of the 8th inning due to the ongoing rain and lightning in the area. ECU is now 19-5. Coach Cliff Godwin said after yesterday's win that the defense has been outstanding lately. No, I mean, it's, it has. JC made a big throw to throw out a guy that I think it would have been 1-1 at that time, and then Carter Cunningham made two diving plays out in right field late in the game to um, save base runners, which allowed us to just keep leaving Groves out there. So the defense has been outstanding. ECU junior Josh Groves has been selected as the AAC Pitcher of the Week, according to an announcement by the league Monday afternoon. East Carolina concluded its first spring scrimmage of the 2023 season Saturday morning at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. Head coach Mike Houston says both sides of the ball plus consistency from its special team squads were on display. The final four is set in the NCAA men's basketball tournament. Five seats San Diego State and Miami punched their tickets on Sundays after wins over Creighton and Texas, respectively. Saturday's national semifinal in Houston will tip off with San Diego State taking on nine-seed Florida Atlantic, followed by Miami against four-seed UConn. The Panthers have made a major addition to their receiving core. Carolina signed free agent wide receiver DJ Clark to a one-year deal that includes $5 million guaranteed. And finally, Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson announced over social media that he requested a trade from the team on March 2nd. That will do it for your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. This sports update is brought to you by Team Boneyard, an NIL initiative directly supporting Pirate student-athletes. For info on how to donate, please visit teamboneyard.org. More of the Patrick Johnson Show on the other side of this quick timeout right here on 94.3 The Game. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. All right, uh, we got a lot of uh, Pirate news and notes to get here. Cookie just hit some of them for you. Alex Groves, the pitcher of the week. McChrystal, honorable mention in the AAC for baseball uh, this week. Uh, Alec Burleson making the Cardinals opening day roster, so congratulations to uh, Burley. Uh, some football uh, news and notes. Uh, tight end uh, DeRocio Riles out of Jacksonville, Florida, uh, has been uh, added uh, to the uh, Pirates as far as a recruit goes. And then the announcement this weekend of uh, the commit four-star DB Antoine Jackson uh, out of Fort Lauderdale. And he had uh, committed to the U. I think he was the one that uh, had the ECU hat and the U hat, and he picked up the ECU hat and then put the U hat on on signing day. Uh, but now uh, he is uh, – in the modern era here, one of the highest, uh, well, all time one of the highest recruits, 247 Sports calls it in their composite era, uh, the highest rated recruit to commit to ECU. So something, uh, something there. I uh, don't know if this was, uh, over the weekend or late last week, but Micah Dennis, uh, has, uh, announced she's coming back to play for Kim McNeil's basketball, uh, team. So. 
Uh, there you go. That is uh, that there. Let's go now to uh, our uh, cuts from post-scrimmage. And this is uh, Pirate Head Coach Mike Houston with his thoughts after the scrimmage. Hey, and Daddy Ficklin Stadium now. Okay, had a, a really competitive scrimmage. Uh, so many positives. Okay, just really excited about what I saw on the field today. You know, two weeks into spring practice, you know, you wondered how the first live work was going to look, you know, first, you know, scrimmage, game situations, uh, and very pleased with all three phases. So, obviously, there's tons of things to correct, but there's tons of things to be excited about, too. So, uh, good day for the Pirates. Yep, uh, and Coach Houston says there was great energy at practice on Saturday. A lot, a lot of people, you don't know their names and their faces out there, but, uh, you know, the kids, uh, the kids are excited. I thought we had great energy. Uh, and really liked you know, seeing some of the things I saw from some of those new faces today, so it was a positive day. Uh, we continue on with today's Pirate Report, and uh, Coach Houston uh, talking about uh, the performance on both sides of the ball. So, I mean, I, I, th- I think the first defense has had uh, a really positive start to the spring, but I thought the offense played very, very well today. Uh, and really executed and did some things well, so it was uh, it made it a very uh, competitive environment out there. Yes, it did. And uh, coach on the Pirates having uh, some new faces in the infamous running back room. We got a good room, okay? Uh, we all we all miss Ke- Keaton Mitchell, but uh, Rajay Harris he'll be healthy this fall. Marlon Gunn he's a guy, okay? Gerald Green showed today he's a guy, and Javius Bond's going to be a guy. Uh, he, he's a true freshman, but I, I love the way he competed today. Thought he had some outstanding cuts. Uh, love the way he finished runs. Uh, love the way we took care of the football. And uh, also, uh, let's see here, uh, special teams. Uh, Coach Mike Houston's assessment of special teams from the scrimmage. Pleased with PAT field goal. Uh, pleased with the protections improved this week. Uh, I think the kickers you know, had a solid day today, so I think that piece uh, was very, very good. I want to really look at our punt unit, how we executed there, uh, but I think a, a positive first scrimmage for our specialists. Good to hear. Uh, this is uh, Coach talking about Julius Wood, and he feels like Julius Wood is the best safety in the conference. Incredibly. I mean, and not just as a player. I mean, in my opinion, uh, he's the best safety in this conference. Uh, but I thought that last year, the opposing coaches did, and they didn't vote, vote him all conference last year. I think he's a great player on the field. I think he's an outstanding leader off the field. Uh, just a, a, a first-class human being. Uh, and just glad, you know, glad he's a pirate. Glad we got him for one more year. I wish he had about two or three years of eligibility left. All right, let's hear from some of the players now. This is uh, outside linebacker Jack Powers after the scrimmage. Uh, I think it was good. A lot of physical play out there. Um, as always, the first scrimmage of spring, you're going to have a lot to improve on, and spring ball in general. So I think the team's looking forward to going back, watching film, and correcting that, and uh, getting a little prettier for the spring game. Uh, more for Jack Powers, who talked about an increased role this spring. I think it's increased for sure, um, but I also think I'm ready for that. You know, I'm going into my sixth season, um, so I, I've seen great leaders along the way back in my old school and here um, with the last year's team. So the roles increase for sure, but I think I'm ready for it, and um, I'm enjoying being out there more and, and enjoying uh, really having a part building this culture of this team. All right, and a pirate defensive lineman, a junior from uh, Dinwiddie, Virginia, 6'2", 299, Deontay Johnson. Uh, first scrimmage, you know, it could be a few hiccups, but I feel like that was the first test to see, like, 
it was separate the men from the boys. I feel like both sides of the ball responded. Offense made a few good plays. You know what I mean, defense, we just got to go up the field on third down. We're hearing from one of the uh, pirate offensive linemen. This is Parker Moore, uh, the West Virginia transfer. Uh, offensively, I think uh, we had a good start. Um, you know, just playing aggressive up front, making plays in the perimeter with the receivers, quarterbacks making right reads, and running backs on the pass. Other than that, though, I think we're doing good as offense. A uh, couple cuts here from uh, running back Marlon Gunn. His thoughts first up on uh, the scrimmage. Coming out this morning, you know, I had a good night rest. A good meal this morning, a good bagel this morning. So everybody was well rested. You know, we ate and we came out with it on our mind. You know, Coach Preach, ball security, don't let the ball hit the ground. So everybody came out with it on their mind. Cookie, a good breakfast and a good sleep the night before, very important, wouldn't you say? That's the key to any success for any day, right? I think so. Maybe you I mean, should you throw get up some at, coffee in there. Yeah, you get up about the crack of what, 11? No, I get up at like 9. Oh, 11. Oh, 9. 11. Wow. Well, I mean, nine's not far off. Well, when do you get up? Like 4.30, right? Mm, four. Mm. A.M., not P.M. And I'm sure you have a great time waking up. <laughs> not this morning I didn't. Oh, what, not, something happened? No, it's just tough. You know, I got long, you. W- long weekend. You know how it is. Yep. Um, Marlon Gunn on the new running back room. Coming in, JV has been so young, you know, just seeing him go against the more experienced guys, you know, I'm proud of him because I remember I was in those shoes at a point in time. You know, I just tell him, you know, I try to coach him up, slow the game down, you know, go too fast. But, hey, there's adrenaline going. He's ready to go. And, Gerald, a big-time player. He's going to be a big-time player for us. You know, coming when Rock comes back, you know, everybody going to be – we all going to be good. So, if they're going to be tired of us, then they're going to be tired of them too. They gonna be, we're going to wear the defense down. If we keep running like that, we're going to wear the defense down every time. Okay, so that is the uh, Pirate Report for today. Great job uh, by our uh, staff making sure we had uh, everything covered as uh, only we can. So good job there. Uh, Cookie, Cookie, did you get to watch any of the scrimmage? Yes, I did get to watch about the last 15 minutes. Okay. It was good to be back in there. It feels different, you know, like with no people in there, but it's like I love football so much. It's honestly was just cool to see them all back out there. Did you get a chance to see – Mason Garcia, any with what you saw? He looked no. good. I saw um, th- there was only a little bit where they were like right by the end zone that we were allowed to right. stand in, but he had some good throws and he looked good. So uh, afterwards, they uh, said that Garcia led the rotational quarterbacking unit, twenty-seven out of forty-two collectively for two thirty-seven. Garcia started seven drives, nine of seventeen for seventy-seven yards. Uh, Alex Finn, uh, Flynn. Was 17 out of 21. He had 152 yards. Uh, and uh, Jeter, the backup, or the freshman backup, uh, one for four, eight yards. He led five series. Uh, 200 yards on the ground, 43 attempts. Uh, Camaro Edmonds, 57 yards. Uh, and a game-long 54-yard uh, to the three-yard line in that on uh, Saturday. Uh, Bond, they mentioned him, 48 yards on nine carries. Gunn had four attempts. Uh, McKay, seven attempts. Gunn had 44, 30 for McKay, Pop McKay. 
Uh, let me see here. Anything else? Uh, Jalen Johnson got a couple of passes for uh, 38-yard Shane Calhoun, four catches for 37. Brock Spaulding, three for 36. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you you know, these are obviously numbers for the entirety of the thing. So that was that was what it, it was. Uh, eight hits behind the line of scrimmage. You know, uh, get back there, two-hand tag the quarterback, what have you. Uh, so, yeah, it sounds like uh, a lot of guys are stepping up. Hope to talk to Coach Houston sometime before the uh, spring game, if not shortly thereafter, one way or the other. We will uh, be talking to him. All right, a timeout. Uh, let us uh, come back and uh, wrap up the show right after this. Uh, Reminder of what's going on tomorrow. We'll also set the table for the top of the hour and uh, any other late-breaking news uh, that has happened here in the last little bit on the other side. 52765-PAIN. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. Coming up uh, tomorrow, we'll be uh, live from Clark LeClaire Stadium ahead of uh, ECU and UNC Wilmington. And uh, Mike Oresco, commissioner of the American Athletic Conference, will be our guest. So uh, looking forward to catching up with the commissioner. That'll be tomorrow. And uh, we'll set the table for ECU and UNCW. Pirates looked uh, really, really sharp at sweeping George Mason. Uh, it was, uh, 11-3 on Friday, 8-1 on Saturday, 5-zip in eight innings yesterday. You savage now 4-0 after the Friday night win. Pirates, uh, according to this note I got are 15-0 when they hit a homer. And they are 16-1 at home. They have won 12 in a row. Sunday's completed game by Groves was the first complete game shutout since Gavin Williams in 2021 in the AAC tournament against Memphis. Uh, softball opened their conference play over the weekend at USF, who's a very good program. Uh, got swept, uh, but we're uh, hanging in there. And, uh, ECU is, uh, gonna be back at home this weekend to take on another, uh, team that's been in the top 25 this year. Uh, UCF has played an incredibly difficult schedule. Uh, in lacrosse, Mercer pulled away. Uh, from ECU 13-8, the final, uh, in that one. So, uh, just some of the other pirate notes, uh, from the, uh, weekend. Uh, first time since 1970 that three schools will be making their first final four appearance. FAU, Miami, San Diego State, Florida Atlantic, and San Diego State will tip at 609 Saturday evening. Miami and Yukon at 849. So, uh, you know, look, no disrespect to FAU or, or San Diego State, but I think Miami-UConn's kind of, at least for UConn, the de facto national championship. I think the Huskies could uh, be tested by Miami's ability to uh, score the basketball. We shall see, though. Uh, we'll see how that uh, shakes out. Pirates got to number eight in the uh, latest poll from D1Baseball.com. This is after uh, ECU went three and one last week, nineteen and five, and you'll hear more from Coach Godwin and company coming up on uh, Inside Pirate Athletics from Logan's Roadhouse at the top of the hour. 
Coach Godwin and a bunch of pirate players will be in there talking with, uh, uh, pirate nation on this, uh, Monday night as they talk pirate athletics. So, uh, looking forward to, uh, that with Coach Godwin and uh, some of the ECU players that will be there coming up. Uh, Pirates, as we mentioned, number eight, up from ten in the polls. Uh, the uh, top ten looks like this. LSU, of course, 21-3. and three. They retain their ranking as number one. In fact, no change of the top four. Wake Forest second as they swept uh, Miami this weekend. In fact, a big statement win for them, uh, a big statement series. Florida is 22 and 4 under Kevin O'Sullivan and, uh, they are number three in the land as they were last week. Uh, Virginia, well, Vanderbilt, let me, let me not fail to mention Vanderbilt. Vandy 3 and 0 and, uh, they were four last week. Virginia cracks the top five and a, a just remarkable 22 and 2 mark and a 5 and 0 week for the Wahoos who uh, jumped from number 8 to 5 in the D1 baseball poll then you have Arkansas at 6 they fell from 5 uh Stanford up from 9 to number 7 Pirates follow there up from number 10 at 8 South Carolina now 23 and 2 and they are number 9 after uh being in the uh 11th slot last week Tennessee cracks the top 10 up from 12 a week ago with a 19 and 6 mark. And you've got, uh, Louisville, UCLA, North Carolina at 13 after they took the series from Duke this weekend. Boston College is number 14. Uh, Campbell, number 15 now in the polls after they went undefeated last week. So they rise three spots followed by Florida Gulf Coast. Some other notables, you've got Coastal Carolina at number 19. Yukon in the poll for the first time. Of course, they were a regular, uh, Appear in the poll, if that's a word, uh, during the uh, time they were in the American. And uh, West Virginia at 24. Andy Mazie's team. Uh, Ole Miss falls out after going 1-3 and three last week from 13 to out of the poll. Uh, so did uh, SEC teams Texas A&M and Missouri. All right. Uh, Thanks to Coach Goblin for his time today. Thanks to uh, Chris Cook. Great job by our staff this weekend getting all that sound lined up for you. And we'll be with you tomorrow with Commissioner Mike Oresco from the American Athletic Conference. The commissioner will join us as we'll be live uh, out at Clark LeClaire Stadium ahead of the UNCW game. See you in the morning on Talk of the Town and uh, back here tomorrow for the Patrick Johnson Show. Stay tuned for Inside Pirate Athletics. It is coming your way from Logan's Roadhouse in minutes. Attention business owners and management. What shall I say? Call the Derek Perry Allstate Agency today at 252-758-8886. 913 Farmville, Greenville. Are you sure this is legal? Hear the pirates play no matter where you are. I don't know. 94.3 The Game.